Well, hello, my baby. Hello, my darling. Hello, my summertime ragtime. Yeah. Good morning, everybody. Yeah, what he said. <laughs> you know what time it is. <laughs> it's time for some shakers and wreckers. Howdy. Howdy. Hey, we are your hosts for Checkers and Wreckers. I'm Howdy, and he's Tommy Boy. Hello, hello, hello. We got plenty of fun to talk about here today. Oh, Dustin Helms is in a low, he's in a nightmare today. Electrical problems on a car. Good luck, sir. Good luck. Hopefully you find it quick. Hopefully you find it quick there. So, H2K, what's going on, Kaysen and family? Yeah, Brad, how they well looking. He was on there. We were talking to him. He wasn't talking to us. Now he wants to talk to us. Hey, I'll take it. I'll take it. Hey, why Kason's on here? I, I got a funny little story. I don't know if I told you or not. So we went last Sunday and bought a cart. Well, the guy we bought the cart off of, it was supposed to be down at Whiteland Saturday. He knows Kason and his family, and they were going to take it down there. Oh, nice. <laughs> Very nice. There you go. Look at that. Excuse me. And he said, yeah, he's chasing it. It's a nightmare. Uh-oh, that's no fun. So, uh, yeah, like I said, plenty of stuff to talk about here today. Put the carts in the trailer. Brandon said, you got you to gotta pack it up here. Hey, that just means you get to bust out the sim now. No, it's not a sad day because, see, then you, you bring the cart in the garage. And then <laughs> in the wintertime, you go through and you massage it. And you just double, triple, quadruple check everything. There's, you know, just... Have it in the garage so you can tinker with it. If you're Thomas Gould, I could see him right now. He'd be touching it every day, just touching something. Just, what can I touch today? What can I touch today? I can see you being, yep, yep, I was pointing the right way. I can see you being the same way with something like that. What, what can I touch today? <laughs> when I when I go to work every morning, as soon as I walk out the door in the garage, my cart's sitting right there, and I, I that's the first thing I do. I look at it, and then I get my car to work. Yep, 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 we're good, we're good. So, yep, the countdown to Daytona is on. They'll be heading out there. The I think that's the week after Christmas there, so good luck to everybody out there. I'd love to get out there and cover that, but we'll see. I think that's a uh, a, a pipe dream there, not a room. That, well, you got to back mom's car out. It's racing. <laughs> you got to back mom's car out there. Good luck with that. Good luck. Good morning to Austin Taylor there as well. Did you see that picture of uh, Kaysen and Austin? Yes, I did. That was pretty awesome. And I think we talked to it. Oh, that had to be so cold out there that day. You were out there. You were enjoying some of that. But, hey, we'll uh, get right into the the fancy dancy here, if we will, and talk a little bit of you like him, you love him. He's kind of that uh, – I'm not going to compare him to Jeff Gordon as far as driving, but as far as the personality goes, I really feel like he fits that, that style. Chase Elliott – Takes the win and walks away as your champion in NASCAR series here. You think he deserves it this year? I got mixed emotions on that. I'm not going to say that he doesn't deserve it. I just don't like the one race crowns a champion. I, I don't like that. I, I I will never like that format. So but congratulations it, to Chase. And, and like I said, I'm not saying he's not deserving. He had a great season. If you look out throughout the, uh, the the year, you see Harvick with nine wins. Chase does have five wins on the year, so yeah. I mean, not a not a bad season whatsoever. I do see what you're saying. I mean, we talked about that in depth last week. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, he walks away. He's the champion, 
And like I said, he's got that uh, Gordon mentality where the, the personality where you love him or you hate him. Because there's, I'm going to say about 75, 80% of NASCAR right now, they're behind him. The other 20, they can't stand him. <laughs> well, the, the thing about Chase is, you know, you, you have a lot, a lot of your Gordon fans end up becoming either Jimmy Johnson or Dale Jr. fans. Oh, well, I, yeah, I went to Chase, uh, though. Okay, but when Chase come along, so and then you had Gordon Earnhardt Jr. step away. So and Chase was coming on the scene. So you had a lot of those fans become Chase Elliott fans. You know, Jimmy Johnson fans. I'm sure a lot of them will switch over and become Chase Elliott fans. So I, I definitely think Chase Elliott is the most popular driver in NASCAR right now. Oh, Chuck asked, who's the more legitimate champion, Chase this year or Kenseth the year he won with the consistency? I think that's a good question. And I think that at, is the, a very good question. at the end of the day, I still think I would hand it to Chase. Um, I, I think I agree with that. I think I'll have to go with Chase, too. I mean, not take anything away from Kenseth and his team that year. They, they performed like a champion should, like I've said before. That's what a championship team does. But so did Chase this year. And they threw five wins on top of it. So he, he did everything he needed to do. Um, so, yeah, I think he's deserving of winning the championship. And, and Josh Hendrick, uh, uh, Hessen, sorry, says uh, they're Hendrick fans, not necessarily the the specific driver fans. And that's where I disagree because I, disagree I will say, I, I guess I, I would cheer for, for Jimmy. Somewhat after Gordon uh, w was coming out of the sport there, but I've I've always stuck to my single my single driver. I mean, you know, I'm a I'm a Chase Elliott guy in NASCAR. That's uh, I like yep. him. I've liked him since he came in there. But uh, uh, I, I'm not a fan of Bowman. I'm not a fan of Byron. Do I want to see those guys do good as as a Hendrick as a team? Absolutely. But it, it's not so much. Because I like Dak Prescott on the the cow or like the Cowboys, I, I like uh, Ezekiel Elliott. You know, it's it's not so much a, a team based. You you like the the Cowboys as a whole, if you will. I know that's kind of a weird kind of comparison, right? And I have to agree with that because I was an Earnhardt Senior fan, and then I went to being a junior fan, and it had nothing to do with Hendrick Motorsports. I mean, I was a junior fan when he was DEI, and then when he went to Hendrick, I was still a junior fan. So. I I don't think it's necessarily the the team. Now I know there are some fans that you know are all about Team Hendrick. Nothing wrong with that, you know. If you, right. You're behind a team, cool. Um, <laughs> but I thought it was cool going back to Chase Elliott, uh, how he went through Dawsonville, Georgia. Yeah, drove the car. He drove his car, <laughs> and was down in you know Town Square doing burnouts and donuts and crap like that. And um, my cousin Tammy, she's been on the show. Well, she's commented on the show. Right. Before. Yep. I know who you're talking uh, about. She was actually there and got to witness it. Nice. Heck yeah. So she was right outside the bar there. Um. Well, her boss was nice enough to let her off work early that day because she doesn't live in Dawsonville. So she had to leave work and drive there. And I don't know exactly where she was at, but she got to see it. So uh, I, I would say. Uh, I mean, let's let's touch on. I, I like this debate here, kind of with Kenseth and Elliot here, and, and really, I love to hear Kyle's opinion on this because you, you know Kyle's love for for NASCAR. I believe he followed NASCAR. I could be wrong, Kyle. Correct me during that Kenseth time. So, uh, um, 
I, I just think if you look at it overall, because uh, Brad says Kansas by far, he had to be good all year. But Chase wasn't bad. I mean, he, he had a couple bad finishes, but at the end of the day, Kansas didn't finish in the top 10 the entire time that year. So w- when you say that, you got to look at Chase Elliott's resume throughout the uh, the entirety of the the season, not just one section of it, whether it be the playoffs, whether it be the middle or the start. He really had that momentum through the entire year, and he was collecting top 10s. And and here, here's what I'm going to say about Chase. And, and we've discussed this in, in, you know, last season. And this has been my opinion on Chase since he's been on the cup side of things that uh, he hasn't found that consistency. This year he did. And, and and look what happened. Right. I mean, he really he really found his groove and and that team really meshed and gelled together. And they were consistent. They didn't really have you know, the bad finishes they've had previous seasons. They they were pretty consistent top 15, top 10 all year. Right. And like I said, I mean, you, you had your, your cases where you did wreck. You got a couple DNFs. And, yeah, yes, Kyle, we are. So, uh, yeah, um, yeah I like I, you, you do have that in, in, in both instances. So I, I really feel like Chase, at the end of the day, comes out on top of this. So uh, he says, "Is that even a debate?" He, now, I think he's a. I, I don't think he's a big Kenza fan. In all fairness, I think Kyle's biased. <laughs> he may be. He just lit up like a Christmas tree. Oh, I'm going <laughs> to Google this and see if I can find the stats on Kenza that year. I'd like to know, like, because I don't know overall, like the top tens that uh, uh, Elliot had this year. I do know he was he was fairly consistent. He had uh, he was he was up in those runs. He had uh, a few chase wins, and now I understand. You look at that. You look at Ken's at the year. There there wasn't the the same scoring there, but I'd also like to see where Chase would have finished or how he would have finished. Uh, <laughs> no, no, gosh, no, Kyle. Sorry, here let's let's rewind here for Kyle because I feel like we got to get him on board here. So, Kyle, we're we're debating the year that Kenseth won the championship compared to this year with Chase winning the championship, who was better in their uh, respective years. So uh, I, I think that at the end of the day, uh, and there Brad says he didn't have the car to do anything. I disagree there with that too, if you're talking about this year with Kenseth, because let's all let's all admit if, if Larson was in that car and you guys would say it too, that he's going to win some races. So – um, I, I think he does have the car, but what was what it was with Kenseth this year, and, and there's nothing against him, but he just it, it was a different car. He it, it would have taken him too long. He didn't have the practice, the seat time in this car. I mean, we see the same thing with Jimmy Johnson. I mean, that's why he's stepping out here. So uh I, I think that's that right there is is where it is because the 42 was a good car. You can't deny that. Okay, so I got the stats here. On the, It was 2003 when Kenseth won that championship and only had one, one race win. So he had five finishes of 20th or worse. Only five for the whole season. And there was, let's see, there was 36 races that season. So five out of 36, 20th or below, that's not too shabby. Right. 
Absolutely. And Kyle agrees with me about Kenseth here this year. I mean, he's a solid driver. Don't get me wrong. And for the situation, I don't think uh, you you put somebody – I think if you move somebody up into that car that necessarily wasn't ready, if you maybe you pull Austin Sendrick, maybe you pull one of those guys up from the Xfinity, when that happens, you, you could possibly ruin a career. So pulling Kenseth out of the shadows – out of the backstage and, and back into there, I think was a solid, uh, a good idea for for one season. They they now they could back up, they could punt, and they could figure out okay who are we going to put in the forty two car next year and how are we going to move this Ganassi team forward. Right, and and so going going staying on the Kenseth deal, I'm still looking at stats here. He had twenty five <laughs> finishes, top ten finishes, twenty five. He's a hand talker today. So you got 25 top 10 finishes, five finishes of 20th or worse, and then you had six finishes of 10th to 20th right in there. So that that's a pretty consistent season. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I'm not disagreeing there. So what I want you now to look up is, if you can, Elliott's season here this year. Let's compare um, um, I'm getting on that. He's right already now. on it. He's already lit up here. You can see when he's on his computer. It's like, like I said, it's like that. You know, in the cartoons where the the light like shines down on him. Oh, it's <laughs> kind of what it looks like there. So, um, Kyle says I think the wins top bowl, top fives and tens. Bottom line, Elliot finished twenty twenty with five wins. I believe Kenseth had one in his championship season. Yes, but I mean, at the end of the day. Uh, um, I, I don't think, I mean, this is something we've debated. This is something NASCAR fans will debate for years to come is do the wins matter as much as the consistency throughout an entire season? That's where I think the, the debate really comes up. That's why the chase was involved or invented, excuse me. And I, I really do believe, um, that myself, I, I I think for entertainment, people want to see wins. But I think to to ride out a season consistently and to to be able to be up in the run each and every week, that's going to be the the big thing. And I, I think NASCAR, that's where they need to figure out. And we talked about it last week as well. You you throw these these sixteen, these twelve, uh, these playoff drivers into a a bag at the end of the season, and you let them cook it from there. Okay, so Chase had 10 finishes of 20th or worse this season. So five more. Yeah. But four more wins. Right. <laughs> so I, I, it kind of balances out there, really. I, I, I think you got to look down to it. Now, is there the last thing, if you can look up real quick, is uh, um, where Chase, because I know somebody has done it, you know people have, where Chase would have finished – in the old points uh, style. Um, see, see I, I'm sure in that old standard, Harvick does get the the championship. Uh, it's it's hard to believe that in that uh, that points race that uh, a guy with nine wins doesn't. But you you look at Harvick's races outside of those and. I, I want to say Harvick, you know, he had a few DNFs here and there. Um, he, he was outside of that top 10 uh, just as much. So 
Harvitt locked it up in Texas, Jarrett Murphy says. So an interesting little deal. So it would have been locked up in Texas for Harvick. So I, mean, I would assume Chase would have finished second because of his consistency on top of his wins. Because Hamlin I, I was second in wins. And I want to think, was there somebody in between Hamlin and Chase on the, the wins? Chase may have been third third uh, highest with the wins there. <clears throat> and see, that's exactly, Jared. That's what people are saying. And that's why you have a chase now is because with three late races left, you look at it today, and that's why I'm wearing it right here. Mercedes, I mean, they, they locked up the Constructors title here last year or last week, and today Lewis Hamilton locks up the, the championship. And what, we got two races left here? Keselowski was, was third there. So, uh, and, and I mean, we've, we've talked about it there before. How about the winner and keeping the rust off? How about the virtual racing play into effect? Drivers are enjoying that. Still competitive yet super fun across teams. Yes, I agree. I think uh, they they will kind of tie iRacing into the offseason. But at the same time, like we've talked to, uh, uh, who was it last season during the offseason? Was it uh, Marcus? Maybe, but he was talking and he said that really during the offseason, these guys still do want a break. So they don't want to be tied to uh, contracts of iRacing. I think it's kind of a, uh, you got to fill a field. You got to have so many, but you you do need to kind of give them a little break here and there. But I do like the uh, what we saw with NASCAR. I think they did a good job with the iRacing. I don't think IndyCar um, uh, did as good. But I think now going forward, I think they could really do a good deal there. And I, I, I want to do, I want to see a virtual IROC. I think a virtual IROC. I still want to see that too. I think that would be phenomenal. And I, I would like to see um, if, if they're going to do that. I'd like to see some diversity in that, where you're not just putting them on asphalt. Put them in dirt cars. Put them on dirt tracks. I mean, you know, you, I, I want to see dirt drivers in there i want to see indycar drivers right. f1 drivers imsa drivers cup drivers i want to see it all absolutely I mean, there. If you're really going to have a true international race of champions you have to take them from every form of racing right no tim i'm not i'm not saying it was bad but i do think nascar the way they they put on the show the way they did it i think it was a little more overall competitive the the bad thing about the IndyCar race was the the uh, uh, that Indy 500 finish. That McGough. No, no, that's I mean I mean Norris should have taken that, hands down. Uh, I think Norris definitely won that. Guys in IndyCar didn't want to see it happen virtually. They didn't want their their sport getting beat in the the pinnacle of the virtual world here by an F1 driver that's never turned uh, four turn left in his life. Um, but I mean, that's where it comes down to, it is a different style of racing. You see Norris, I don't know many professional drivers that are going to go out there and Verstappen and Norris are at the top of the game when it comes to virtual racing. I think hands most down. Definitely. Most definitely. And, uh, I'm surprised we don't see Leclerc in there more, but going back to some of the, the, the chit chat going on here, um, Brooks, I agree with what you said. I would like to see the regular season champion get a bye to the final four. I, I think if you're going to continue to do this chase crap, that that should be thrown in there. 
I mean, if not, what's what's really the point of being the regular season champion? And then what was the other comment here? Brad, do you think now with Junior being a big part of iRacing that the cars will become better and the teams will use this training and prep more like they do in the F1 series? I do. I think uh, I think Junior's really going to push um, NASCAR more into iRacing, and I think there's going to be a, a lot tighter partnership between iRacing and NASCAR now. And I really think Junior will step in and refine a lot of these things. And being a, a professional driver, and he's driven a lot of different series in his career. You know, he's driven on dirt. He's driven uh, the old-style cup cars, the new-style cup cars, the car tomorrow, bush cars, nationwide right. cars, carts. I mean, Junior's ran about everything you can think of, well, besides F1 and sprint cars and stuff. But anyways, I, I think that the development – will be a lot better in uh, iRacing now, and I think we got a lot of big changes coming in iRacing. At the end of the day, it doesn't. I don't think it matters the style because he's a racer and he's a race fan. So that's the biggest thing I think is not – he's not a corporate guy. Yeah, I mean, he he is, but he isn't. I mean, he's got the good representation. He's, he's a personable person. Uh, he's, pro he's professional. But at the end of the day, I really think he has the fans' uh, intent in mind because he doesn't want to go out here. He doesn't need to go out here just to, to get money. It's not a job for him. You know what I'm saying? He's He's got that. No, not at all. He's, he's, he's doing this because, for one, he's a customer of iRacing. I mean, at, at the end of the day, You're that's right. what he started out as, as a customer of iRacing. Yep. And, and him being a professional racer, you know, I'm sure he got on there and seen things that, you know, hey, this sim would be so much better if they did this or, you know, these cars would be better if they did this. So I think the partnership with Dale jr. Is really going to help to develop iRacing to the next level. I think we're going to see a lot of good things coming. You know, I think on the dirt side, a lot of guys have complained about having a, a true cushion on the dirt tracks. I think that's coming. I really think junior will work towards and if he can't do it he'll get a team of guys together that can make this happen right he's gonna get in there he's gonna test it he's gonna be your your biggest probably uh i mean it's like setting up a car at the track yeah. that's what it is right now he's gotta he's gotta go out there he's gotta run laps and i'm sure that's part of what he's doing out there so i i really think that's that's a a, a solid uh, thing that they're looking into. Um, I agree there, Dustin, as they're going to look into, you, I think dirt guys, you're going to get your tire package. I think it's coming. I know they, they've I, said so. it, but it, it's hard to think that junior is not going to, like I said, it's not a job for him. He doesn't need a job. He doesn't. Right. <laughs> he, he's not doing this for the money. And I agree with what Brooks just said too. Now they need to get Clint Boyer in iRacing too for the dirt side of things. Well, Junior knows dirt. I mean, he's running those these street stocks. He knows a better in dirt than what Junior is. Just my opinion. I could be well, wrong. Well, and I'm with you, but I think I mean, I mean, you you look back at what Larson was doing with iRacing, and I really think he was the dirt guy. He was really helping develop the the dirt back here. So I I think they still have a little of that packed away, and I think you you look more at. I don't know, maybe a, a guy like uh, uh, Timez or uh, um, Jimmy Owens. 
They're, I mean, you, you look at somebody that's that's driving it now because if, if you go back to to Boyer, if you go back to these guys that driven it before, then it's not um, it, it's not going to be as accurate as you want it. I mean, these guys they they know what it used to feel like, but it's not what it feels like now. So I think you need to get somebody in the sport now, endorse them, really push them forward and go. And Brad just brought up a good point too, which, you know, touching on the Boyer situation again, they already, they already sponsored Boyer's late model team. Right. I mean, so I think that could be a good relationship as well. And I'm with you, but like I said, I just think they need to go for a, a guy that's really, more so, and I know Clint's probably going to be running more dirt here than he's off of uh, uh, the NASCAR uh, schedule and everything. But at the end of the day, I think they need to go with a younger guy that can help them progress further into the future. Excuse me. Well, what you do is you you go out and you get like a Clint Boyer, and then you get Clint Boyer to develop a team. So then he goes out and gets, you know, the younger guys like um, – Oh, who's his driver in uh, the late model? Uh, was it Davenport? That I have no, no idea, Richards, honestly. It's uh, Richards. Richards is uh, Clint's driver in late model. So, you know, Clint gets his information, which because Clint is still hands-on. You know, he goes to a lot of the late model races when he's, ava- when he's available and uh, the cup schedule doesn't interfere. He's down there hands-on with his team. So you get that. Now, I think on the flip side of that, you need to go out and get you a, a a sprint car driver. You know, you find either either you take like a, and find a Steve Kinzer, a Sammy Swindell. Um, you know, Larson would be good. They're not going to bring uh, him back, huh? They're not going to bring him back. No, I doubt they will. But I'm just saying, you, <laughs> you, get, you get somebody that has Bell? a lot of sprint car knowledge in there too to help develop that side because I I. I you know, I love the sprint cars on iRacing, but I think there is still room to grow on that side, too. Oh, absolutely. I'm 100% agreeing with you. And people want to push the cars, but I, I agree with any time this, this uh, uh, debate comes up about iRacing is I, I don't think you need to push the cars right now, like the Northeast Mods. Don't push for that right now. Push no. for them to – if you look at Weedsport, I, I really feel like – Weed sport now is a very technical track. Uh, it makes it a little more fun. Now I really feel like you can push uh, too wide at Lernerville. I feel like they're they're developing these tracks now for a better race environment. Let them continue doing this because me as a broadcaster, I have seen a lot more dirt races now that guys are able to push the low side a lot longer into the race than they have in the past. They're able to go side by side here. And I I really think that's a a huge benefit, not only to the entertainment value that we put on here at CWTV, but to the, the people racing, it's just so much more fun to those guys out there and going side by side and they can choose a lane. They know going into to Kokomo or Eldora, it's not going to be topside dominant all night long. And, and that's a good thing because, you know, a, a lot of the smaller tracks, um, you, you see as the race progresses, the groove keeps moving up and up and up. And then you're, you're damn near wall riding because the groove, that's the only tack left. And I'm guilty of doing that because I'm not a good slick driver. 
but I have been working more on that and trying to get, you know, it, it, once you kind of learn the throttle control on the slick, I'm not saying it's easy, but to me, that's the key part of it is, is learning the throttle control and you can run the bottom groove. I've seen you do it, Tommy boy. I've seen you. I was spotting for you one. Uh, it was a three Oh five or three sixty racer. Maybe yeah. it was a, I don't remember. It was three Oh five. Yeah. I was really shocked. I was like, damn, he's going down there low and he was really <laughs> making it work. So, I mean, it can be done. And I see why a lot of these guys start going low because it's just a freight train up top. It's follow the leader. You're not making any passes up top. So you have to go down low. And what that turns into is slide job city. And yeah, buddy. you don't necessarily want slide job city. You want slide job Sunday, but not slide job city. And Dustin Helms, that's exactly what I'm saying there is I don't think right now you, you, you push, if you're going to push for more cars, I, I guess they, they have that Northeast modified kind of ready to go. Um, put that out. And then after that, just really just nail it down. Get the damage package like people want. Get the tire packages like people want. Get the tire models. Get the, the tracks all situated to where they can run to two lanes for a good amount of the race here. So uh, I, I really think that um, they're, they're doing a, a good job with it. Um, but they, they, like I said, I, I, I think at the end of the day, they need to really – get that young guy in there. And I see what you're saying with Boyer, but at the end of the day too, I, I think I've said that way too many times now, but uh, I, I think um, Boyer, it, it, he needs to focus on one or two things. So he's got the the broadcasting going next year, which I probably not too much out of his, out of his schedule there. But um, then you have, um, uh, his yes, team. Kyle, we are talking about this, Sean. <laughs> the, the team on dirt here. Um, so if he goes to iRacing and starts progressing that, he's almost starting to look like Andretti now where he's putting too many eggs or too little eggs into too many baskets. So I, I think you can't you can't say that, though, because <laughs> you're if, if you're saying that, then you should say Dale Jr. shouldn't be doing it because Dale Jr. is broadcasting. Dale Jr. has his uh, nationwide team or Xfinity team. Dale Jr.'s in iRacing. Dale Jr. has his podcast. Dale Jr. still does appearances. So you can't legitimately say that Boyer's not the man for the job. Well, and I, and I see what you're saying there, but I don't know how much is Jr. really – yes, he's the owner of that team in Xfinity, but how much time is he really putting in to that team? That I don't know. Um, and then on top of that, like – uh, the the podcast, I'm sure that does take a good amount of time. He's got this TV. He is pretty thinly spread himself, but yeah. uh, uh, he's not on the track at the end of the day. And I think that that Nathan does Boyer. come again. Neither Boyer's not on the track at the end of the day. Doesn't Boyer run in the dirt pro late model? Um, I thought he ran I, it. He, he might make own? some appearances here and there. Okay. See, I thought he was on track more often. So that's that's my bad there. So. Um, I, I, yeah, I do. Junior spread way more thin than what Boyer is. And, and, hey, yeah, I, I'm with you there. Fair enough. But I, I do. I think, uh, um, they, they just need to take that person on dirt, like you're saying, and, and really advance that what they have. And I think that really pushes forward and, and goes forward. But, uh, you, you look at, uh, I think also people are kind of nervous to the extent where 
they they think Junior is going to heavily weigh to the the NASCAR side of things, and some things in the the road or the asphalt side are going to fall to the back. Now, because see, I think Junior will really. Um, I I don't think he's going to push as much as the NASCAR as what people think, because uh, you know, if you see Junior on I Racing Racing. A lot of times he's not in the cup cars. He's either in a, a street stock on asphalt or uh, running something on dirt. He doesn't do a lot of the NASCAR stuff when you see him on. But I, I think he'll really, um, I, I think he's going to really develop the street stocks a lot more because they're. I think they need to be tuned up a little more than what they are. Yep, both uh, sides, uh, especially of on the dirt side. Right. <laughs> um. But I just I, I I see a lot of great things coming, I Racing's way, and I think Dale Junior is going to have a big hand in that, and I think he's going to bring. I really think what Dale Junior is going to bring to the table, he's going to start bringing back a lot of these old tracks from his show. Right, I agree. <laughs> I would agree definitely, a hundred percent. Why would you not travel to that? I mean, you can really knock two birds out with one stone, right there. Hey, we're going to travel. We're going to film this show. We're going to scan the track at the same time, and we're going to go go go. You know what I'm saying? It's it's that. Bingo, bango, bongo, right there. Yeah, because wasn't uh, wasn't when iRacing brought in North Wilkesboro and a couple other tracks, they actually hit up Dale Jr. because he had been to those tracks and and got with Dale Jr. so they could go scan those tracks. <laughs> I agree with you. I like it. Austin's mom saying spreading thin extends the audience reach. Stretch Armstrong to get the word out. Hey, I'm with you there. And so we're trying to push as much as we can here. I don't know. Uh, um, I, I really, I think iRacing is doing phenomenal. I, I, I do. I, I like the fact that right now iRacing is at the top. I, I, I'm not going to say iRacing in general, but I like the fact that one sim is pretty much superior than another. And I get competition is is good, but at the same time, when I say that, it, it really feels like. You're not splitting the masses here. A lot of people, you have a, a solid. Ever since last year, you see probably an extra 2,000 people than what we saw when we first got on. Anytime you log on, anytime you log on, you'd see an extra 2,000. Two now, back when it was bad, you'd see an extra 10,000 people on there. So, Oh, yeah. And, and, and just think, Tommy Boy, we've been iRacing for a year now. I just had over to renew my year. Uh, yeah, no, <laughs> it's been over a year now. So, because I got a ding on my my phone went off for my Chase account, and I was like, "What's this hundred? And I was like, "Oh crap!" iRacing renewal. <laughs> right? <laughs> what was that? Who's stealing from me? Who's stealing from me? <laughs> but no, uh, I, I I agree. Um, and, and I think it, it sounds like. A lot of people, a lot of the the guys on here, the the ladies on here, agree with us that they really need to stick to what they have. I, I do think dirt needs more tracks. Uh, I, I think that goes without saying. Dirt needs more tracks. I want Brownstown. You know, I I hate saying this, but you know, uh, with Bristol coming to the NASCAR on dirt, you're gonna get that. I, I mean, that will that'll pop up in a day. Um, they they probably got that ready to go. Um. You you look at other tracks. I mean, there with the dirt tracks though. I think it would be, it's it's easier I think to pick these asphalt tracks than it is to pick dirt tracks 
because these asphalt tracks, a lot of the the memories, a lot of these guys are going to buy these asphalt tracks because, man, I saw NASCAR back in the 90s at North Wilkesboro, and that was awesome. You know what I'm saying? That, that was good racing, so I want to race there. And with dirt, I don't know how you go about picking those races necessarily and, and how to make it make it happen. Yeah, uh, like I just said, I, I want Brownstown. That's the dirt track I really want. I want Brownstown. I think it should be in the game. I think it's a great dirt track. Uh, um, how about an official Checkers and Wreckers Kids League? I'm down. Hey, that could be doable. That, <laughs> that sounds like a, we got to find some race idea. control. I'll broadcast it, Mister Stoner. But uh, uh, I am terrible at race control. I'm not going to lie there, uh, especially behind the the broadcast booth. It's a, it's a little chaotic if you got to get into race control. It just doesn't look necessarily right on the uh, the broadcast side of things because you got to keep touching buttons and moving a lot. And I get a little stressed. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, people that see me on the the controls, I look like I'm flying a plane. When I'm uh, broadcasting, I got my controls right out of camera view here, but I grab them. I'm, I'm looking like I'm on a, a, a like a, a helicopter, or a fighter pilot, something like that. I'm not lying either. He's got a lot of stuff going on over there. I, <laughs> I would be lost trying to figure out what's going on. Uh, what's up, Dwayne? Uh, wings later, not tonight, because it's slide job Sunday. We got, we got racing to do. Um, but why Dwayne's on here? Give him a big shout-out real quick. If you guys uh, have kids or anybody playing baseball, softball, need some tees, hit up Dwayne, dude. He does custom tees. They're, he, he can powder coat them about any color you want. They're pretty awesome. And speaking of powder coating, you need some powder coat work done. He's your man as well. I think he told me he had like a, what, a day or two-day turnaround time. That's quick. That's quick. That's fast. And it's quality. Powder coating. That's lightning quick because I know last time I had something powder coat, I think it took two weeks. So absolutely hit up Dwayne there, guys. We'll give a, a link over to uh, some of those teas and uh, what he can do for you there because definitely some good quality for a fantastic price right there. So let's uh, let's move forward. He says, get Jason Burgess to do wild fly man to do race control. He likes to do it. I didn't know he was a, a big guy on iRacing there. I know some guys that may be interested in some some race control. Same day, $150 go-kart frame or quarter midget frame. That's a Damn. banging That's deal right there. Like banging deal. Corey Whitworth, our man, he's back on iRacing. He's back on iRacing. I saw him the other night. He got a win. I was so excited to talk to the boy. I say the boy, yeah, the man. He was in a race I was in there, and I was at the street stocks. It was street stocks or late models or something. I don't remember. He was running the uh, the monster mash there. I didn't run. No, that was uh, that's an interesting. I love the monster mash, guys. If you don't know what that is, the monsters of dirt throw it on each Wednesday at seven thirty, and they they join together four different classes of cars. So the Gander Mountain trucks, the super yep. late models. Yep. The UMP modifieds and the street stocks, all these yep. go out at it. They they have a absolute blast. They go at it. UMPs is what Whitworth was in. He was like the only. He was a, a whole lap ahead of the the rest of the UMP class, as well as a uh, uh, not completely lapped by the like he. I think he finished like third overall in a UMP. Nice. 
So very. Uh, Jared, give us some info on the Gobbler 100. Go- street stock race at Knoxville. I think that's a, a VLR. It's an open set. Uh, these guys are going to whip it out there. Loads of money on the line. I want to say like 5K overall, maybe 2K to the winner. Um, so it, it's one of those deals like 180 people, multiple rooms. They'll merge into one at the end of the day. And uh, uh, from there, it goes to uh, uh, everybody gets paid if you make the show. So if you're in the show, the live show nope. at the end, you you get paid there. It's kind of like uh, what's going to be happening on CWTV. Did you see that? You're going to be in it, actually. I was just going to say we need to talk about that. Absolutely. So uh, we're going to be uh, we're a little sponsor of the event here for um a toys for tots do you have the the name exactly of the the league there uh let me look it up because it, it's a uh uh race that the charity is going for toys for tots there here come christmas timing and guys really uh, uh this is something that it, it's just absolutely a, a great thing and, and this year especially you look at what's going on you got families in need, guys. It's it's as simple as that. You know, we're we're together as people. So if we can help out, it's a fun deal. You guys pay ten dollars to get in a race any other day. So let half of the purse go to a good cause here. Join us on the fun with the toys for tots. The the league is money racing. That's the league. And then the flyer here. Let me uh, click on here. It's a hundred and fifty lap enduro derby benefiting the toys for tots. No cautions, no damage. Fixed dirt street stocks at Knoxville. It'll be on uh, November 28th at 7.30 p.m. 60 cars, $10 to enter. And uh, so on your entry fee, $5 goes to the race for the purse, and then $5 goes to the charity for Toys for Tots. And uh, there'll be other prizes given out to the drivers in there. And if you want to just donate to Toys for Tots uh, in this race, Hit them up, and and they'll take any donations you want to give. I mean, whether it be five, ten, I mean, whatever, whatever you got to give. I mean, help some kids out for Christmas because there's going to be some kids, you know, that that aren't so fortunate during Christmas time. So, I think it's awesome that we're going to be a part of helping this race. And and like Tommy Boy said, I'm actually going to run in it. I'm looking forward to it. There, Caleb's going to be running in the gobbler. Guess who's back and running in the gobbler here? Guess who's back? Back again. Prillman's back. Tell a friend. <laughs> so Jacob Prilliman making his return to iRacing as well. So we'll be uh, be in uh, the race that you're broadcasting too. The Toys He's- for Tots. Yes, I think he He's- was the one that uh, kind of pointed them over to CWTV. So guys, I appreciate did. each and every one of you who do uh, um, mention CWTV as a possible broadcast. Anytime you see somebody looking here, I appreciate that. I know it goes without saying thank you so much to each and every one of you guys. And I guess we'll hop into some, some, you know, I think we had a, uh, people really like that, uh, uh, throwback kind of segment we did last week. So yeah. let's continue yeah. with that. Let's, uh, I, I'm kind of throwing you off here, catching you off guard, but Let's look back in, in history. Do you have a favorite race overall in NASCAR that you can look back and, and maybe say, like, hey, I could watch this any Sunday. Let's throw it on. I'm going to grab some snacks. And I'm just going to, I know who wins, but I'm still going to watch this race because it was that good. 
I don't know if I really have a favorite NASCAR race. Now, if we said IndyCar or F1, I could pick one of those. But NASCAR, um, I'm, I'm probably going to have to say uh, the year Earnhardt won Daytona. That would, that would have to be my favorite just because I was an Earnhardt fan and, and watched for so many years and wanted him to win the Daytona 500, and he had so many mishaps. Jarrett Murphy says the 97 All-Star Race in Charlotte, that was the – the was that the year of the T-Rex? That wasn't the year of the T-Rex, was it? That was earlier. That was like 95, 94 maybe. Caleb says the short track only season is what they need. That'd be fun. Uh, yep, that was the T-Rex car. <laughs> yep, absolutely. There's, I, I've got that die cast sitting – Three feet from me over here. That's a uh, one of my favorite things there. We talked about that on the show before. Hey, uh, here's the phone. Call your uh, boss. Tell him that car's illegal. Said, no, it's not. Right. It is tomorrow, bud. He ain't bringing it back. Good job today, but eh, throw it away. Pitch it out there. That's an expensive million out the door there. And then what was the crappiest car in NASCAR? The COT. I'm sorry. That, that car was just atrocious. I've got uh, uh, Corey Whitworth says Watkins Glen 2012. That's when they came at the line and they were beating and banging there. For was that Gordon and uh, uh, Bush? No, that was uh, after Rusty. I think was that Gordon and Bush, Corey. Remind me of that one there. But yeah, I've got Junior's uh, car of tomorrow over there as well. It's an ugly car. It really is. But uh, I, I think you, you, is that it? I can see that spoiler. Yep. <laughs> oh, Ambrose and Keselowski. Oh, yeah, that was a good race. Yes, it was. Yeah, I do remember that one. Marcus Ambrose, man, that was a, a, a solid driver for a little bit. But, uh, again, kind of like what we talked about with, uh, um, oh, goodness, who was it last week? He just didn't get his... His Mark Martin didn't get the credit kind of that he deserved, but uh, um, you know I, I go back to a uh, one I saw live, and I can't remember exactly, uh, or no, it wasn't. Gosh, I'm trying to think. Who was it with the Bush? I didn't see this one live, but the Bush. It was one of the Bush brothers went side to side, maybe Hamlin. It may be the closest finish in NASCAR history. It was like, it may have been with the car tomorrow as well. And they just locked up. They're both going at it. And all of a sudden they just turn into each other. Was it Hamlin and Bush? Is that the one Chuck's talking about right here? Kurt Bush. That, yes, 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 exactly. That was phenomenal. Absolutely phenomenal there. That was a, just a, a, a I remember dad and I both at that time, just standing up going, Oh my gosh, like what a race that was. You didn't see, that was way before the car tomorrow, yeah. Um, you didn't see that uh, that that close of finish off. The, I mean, these guys were beat and bang, but I mean, they came in and, and it looked like the the Indianapolis 500 I called yesterday for Elite, the, the gap was .001. I mean, it was like, wow, man. So close. And, and, and that's where, you know, they made eye contact too before they made contact. They both looked over and went, yep. Woo. Or what about uh, 
what was it? Um, I'm trying to think, was it was it Keselowski at Atlanta? I want to say like 2010, 2011-ish maybe, where he uh, – no, it was, it was Carl Edwards, wasn't it, that got up the catch fence? Yeah, <laughs> and ended up taking it. Yeah, I think so. I think you are correct there. Was that Atlanta or Dig? I wanted to say it was Atlanta. Atlanta, I think. But, yeah, that was uh, – I, 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 and that was really – uh, just uh, that was racing was pretty solid back then. They had some some close finishes. They had some tight ones, but uh, I, I mean, you mentioned IndyCar and uh, F1 as well. I look back at IndyCar. One of my favorite ones I was live for was that finish between Marco Andretti and Sam. Was it Sam Hornish Jr.? Yep. Woo, baby, what? Well- I have to say one of my fondest uh, indie memories, and I was there at that track. I was there at the race, and I was sitting right in that turn, basically, when um, uh, Hildebrand out of four, got the lead, goes to pass a lap (laughs) car, goes up high around him and tags the wall. Instead of just letting out of the gas and coasting to the finish line, you win the Indy 500. Right. So that was uh, that was uh, a solid one. And I think it's hard to I mean, has there been other fantastic races I've seen on TV? Yeah. But when you're live at the Indianapolis 500 and you see these finishes like that, it's really hard to top a race like that. But you you look at F1 and, and some of those historical races that they have had. And it's hard for me not to, to look back at uh I, I can't remember the year, 91, 92, sent out one of his races there in the rain. I mean, he just absolutely gets a fantastic uh, start off the the jump there on the start and passes like six people into turn one. It's wet. People are all over the place. And and you knew that's where Senna would, would dominate is he could, could really wheel a car on the wet pavement. So. Or what about when Senna was uh, – I can't remember what track it was at. I want to say it was Imola maybe. I could be wrong on that. But he's leading the race, comes around, sees a driver. The car's on fire. Senna stops on the track, gets out of his car, leading the race, gets out of his car, goes over, pulls the driver out of the burning car and saves his life. Yes, I know what you're talking about there. Yeah, that was a. Uh, I mean, to to hop out during a middle of a race like that is absolutely fantastic. So, uh, um, it, it'd be interesting to see, you know, uh, uh, going forward. Like we said before, with F1, uh, we can move into kind of what we saw today with Lewis taking his uh, historical championship Seven, here today. So. Um, people don't want to see these, these seasons. Now it's kind of really, you'll see the, the decline, excuse me, even farther in viewership here for F1 as the season means nothing. No, it, 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 you have a really good race for mid pack third place. That's, that's really, really good, uh, racing back there. Um, and so hell, even second place. I mean, you got I was Perez gonna say, I don't, second place. Oh, I'm saying overall constructors. So like, uh, I, I don't know. Red Bull even has it 100 um, percent nailed up yet. 
Ooh, that's Bill. That's that's a good one right there. The Belgian GP. Yeah, Damon Hill and Ralph Schumacher. Okay, I, I remember watching that on a, uh, a highlight. I think. Um, the twenty. Jared's comment there. I the was talking about that Daytona last night. Junior crashed. He he he. To this day, he says his father pulled him out of the car. Right. Yep. Absolutely. That's. I mean, that's a kind of a spooky thing. He's never been the same driver ever since. But, I mean, we've talked about no. that before. No. So, um, but yeah, I, I mean, the the F one season I think is really on the decline now. Uh, I, I really hope that with this new car of tomorrow for F one, if you will, that uh, they really are able to to reel it in and make something work and get that racing back to what we saw. Because when it's a wet track, when it's a slick track out here, when it's the 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 conditions aren't favorable, it's good racing. So if they could somehow emulate that to every week, then F1 has one of the most entertaining, if not the most entertaining races um, every weekend. But right now, it's it's this is not what people want to see. I saw a stat the other day that says if you take Botas out of the situation, Mercedes still is in the lead of the championship points. Yeah. I, I mean... I know a lot of people complain about F1 and how it's not a lot of passing, not a lot of tight racing, but that's been F1 for years. That's that's just the style of F Formula One racing. There there is not a lot of passing. You're not going to see him two and three wide in a turn except on the first lap. But uh, I mean, you look when when Schumacher ran, Schumacher went out there and totally dominated and would be miles in front of the field. Uh, Senna dominated miles in front of the field. Um, uh, I mean, we, we can go back through the years now. I mean, you had James Hunt and Nicky Lauda, you know, and everybody talks about their rivalry and everything. A lot of times that wasn't even close racing. One of them would get out in the lead and they were gone. They would check out. So, I mean, that's just the style of formula one racing, but well, I am. That's more interesting to see. To see and see what the new cars bring. That's more interesting, at least to see every week, though, that there's there's at least a different driver that is taking away. You got Lauda this week, Lauda this week, uh, Hunt, Hunt, Lauda, Nut, Hunt. <laughs> you know, I mean, it, it's at least changing where I think people are disappointed this year where what what's Botas have one, two, maybe two wins. You've got uh, Gasly with a win. Um I'm trying to think who else has a win this season. Verstappen. Yes. And, and Hamilton takes away the rest. Now, you could go back to what was it, 2016 when Rosberg took it? And you have that kind of, that thrill, if you will, at least going into the weekend. But it was still Mercedes. But at least at that point, these guys are battling. You have some drama. And at that at that same regard, um, Rosberg tossed the the rules of team racing out the window and he said i'm gonna win this championship i i'm gonna take this you guys aren't gonna aren't gonna say no and i'm sure you got a few team members in trouble there as well oh well exactly I, I don't exactly I mean, no know, i don't if either. i got a chance to win the championship guess what i'm, <laughs> I'm gonna winning. win the championship exactly I, i'm 100 you gave me this car to win with i'm gonna win and i wonder i wonder if that's why nico stepped away from f1 at such a young age because he had many many years left to race and just 
walked away, and we never have heard why he's why he stepped away. They, I, and Daniel, I don't... Daniel, you shouldn't be eating chili. You're on a diet, buddy. <laughs> right? Yeah, send it all out. Um, he, uh, um, I, I think he wanted to finish on top. He knew that he Mercedes was going to keep him on a very, very short leash, if a leash at all. If they were going to re-sign him after the shenanigans he pulled that year, because you know, like I said, he went against the grain. That's not what people wanted to see. But after he started pushing it so far, at that point, you got to let him try for it. You got to let him go. But it wasn't to the point where Botas a couple times this season has questioned the the team's call on the radio. But at the end of the day, he never does anything about it. He he goes with it. Where Rosberg, at the end of the day, he'll question it and he'll say, hey, I'm going to stay out or you give me hards or I'll just step out of this car. I mean, you tell me what's it going to be. Well, that's where Nico should try to to go to Ferrari or a different team, not just step away from the sport. I think he was a very talented driver and I don't know why he – Walked away. I think after you sit in that seat and you realize how dominant that that car is, because he didn't have an easy, if you will, way up. He he drove some pretty rough vehicles, uh, making his way up into that Mercedes seat. So I think once you realize how good that seat is and and how how well it's progressing, he knew in the back of his mind nobody's going to beat this team, even if I've got a Ferrari, even if I've got a a, a Red Bull. I don't have what it takes to to beat this in the car. The driver can only do so much, which I'm not going to take away. We talked about that before with Hamilton. I think he's a a fantastic driver. At the end of the day, you still got to steer that thing. So, but I I, I don't think uh, anything else has showed to be really comparable for for Rossberg because if Vettel couldn't do it the year that he tried with uh, uh, Ferrari in 2018, that he got that close, I don't think Rossberg could have either. Well, but at that time, the, the Mercedes was strong, but I don't think it was the, the dominant car like it is now because Ferrari and Red Bull was still competitive at that time because I think uh, didn't Vettel win a championship in those years when Mercedes was first starting out? Um, Yeah, he did with Red Bull, but at that point... That's what I'm saying. And they were going against Mercedes at that point. Like I said, the Mercedes wasn't Rosberg the dominant wasn't in car the Mercedes. Now. But Rosberg uh, wasn't in the Mercedes then. At that point, he was still climbing up. I think he was what he he raced with Braun, maybe. Oh, he only ran with Williams and Mercedes. Williams and, and Williams. he ran with Braun. Braun was a strong team. Yeah, I, yeah, it was the the Williams team that and, and and that's that feeder. I mean, we see kind of Russell running that same program there. Um, but he he was up there. He was putting it into competition. And, and granted, Williams was a better car, a better ride at the point he was taking. It was still on the decline. So, uh, to, to, he was there from 06 to 09 at Williams. And then the rest of his career, he was in the Mercedes. So, I mean, that is a, a decline in there, but so, like I said, I mean, once you ride out that, so he, he did even ride in some rough Mercedes then. So, cause Mercedes wasn't dominant until what? 2012, 2013. About 2013, because when, when Rosberg started at a uh, Mercedes, who was his teammate? Schumacher. Yes, and that's when they were developing the car, right. which uh, I'm, I'm trying to think. Was it Red Bull or was it Mercedes that took over Braun? 
I want to say Mercedes, wasn't it? I believe Mercedes took over Braun. So <clears throat> Mercedes had coming into it, taking over Braun because Braun was a championship team when they got out of it. That was Button, right? Button. Yeah, exactly. So bringing in the Mercedes, they it's not like they were coming in with a, with a hunk of junk. It's not like they were coming in with like today's Williams. So they had a good standing in there. And then you have Schumacher come in and help develop the car and give him give them all the insights and everything from when he was at Ferrari. Then you put a young Nico Rosberg in there with him. You know, it was it was they Mercedes has set themselves up for success since day one when they stepped into F one again. So like I said, I, I, I think at the end of the day, I, I really do. I think I, I put it to Rosberg saying, hey, uh, there's no better car on the, the grid right now than than what I'm in. I'm not going to give this opportunity to myself again. I want to go out on top because if not, I'm going to go in here and, and now hindsight, you're not going to say this then, but he's going to look like Sebastian Vettel. He's going to be a, a champion that was a, a once was. And now he's not a, a once was. He's a champion that finished on top. That's true, Brad. That's true. But what I'm saying on that is they, they, they had their knowledge on the motor side of it, but not the chassis side. So when they come in and took over Braun, they had the Braun chassis, which was already, like I said, it was already a championship car. Right. Now so that's they something... come in with the Braun chassis, put the Mercedes power in it, do some changes. You got Schumacher helping develop the changes. I mean, you like I said, you were setting yourself up for success from the get-go. And, and that's something, too, that – where was I going with that? The the, the Schumacher deal – sorry, Mercedes. Uh, they have said, like with Red Bull and their, their partnership with Honda, they don't feel like they are at that Mercedes level because they aren't developing these two things together. They're developing one around another. So instead of taking – your engine package, your power package, and your chassis, and merging them together and developing them as one, you're taking your your uh, power unit that's developed for another chassis and trying to make it work for what you have. So you are at a slight disadvantage right there, but that's where you, you really hope these engineers that you have can, can kind of bump it up and, and push you over that edge. Well, but the thing about it is they're not taking their chassis and that, that engine may be that engine's designed. So when, when they design the chassis, they're designing the chassis around that motor plant. So they know coming into the next season, what the, what the motor they're going to run is and what the specs on it are. So if they build a new car, they're already developing that car around that motor plant. But I, I, I get what uh, Christian Horner was saying about it. And I think, you know, Red Bull made a smart decision by taking over Honda. And now you're you're developing your own motor plant. You're developing your own chassis, which the new rule changes. You won't be developing your own chassis. So you're, you're, you're kind of back in the, the what he was talking about now. So now you're designing the motor to go into this chassis that's already developed. And that's the chassis you have to run. 
Right, absolutely there. And that's what I, I, I do. I think that's sort of a um, somewhat of a disadvantage. You look at it, and, and down the line, you, you just see that these guys that have been uh, kind of the, the McLaren issue – right now is they're they're doing the same thing they're they're whether regardless of who they have behind them they're still just a, a small bit below you you kind of look i think aston martin is the the move there that uh um racing point is doing i think that's going to benefit them there as well but you still they're they're getting that power unit from mercedes so at the end of the day you're still just a little farther off of the game well, you're not going to give the customer the stuff as good as what you got. No, absolutely not. Absolutely. Why would you? Right. I mean, that's that's going to be, you know. Well, that's a premium, and, and you're still not getting it. <laughs> right. And that, But that's going to be in any form of racing. Like if you, even, even karting, you know, if, if you go against the engine builder, like say this is his son or actually the engine builder himself racing or whatever, or his team, and that's the same guy that's building your engines, you're going to get good engines, but you're not going to get as good as what they have. Right. They got to run it. They got to make sure it feels good. You got to you gotta have a fast thing to sell. So at the end of the day, yeah, I'm with you there, but you do, you have that backup package there that you run yourself that you know has a little more tuning on it. True. Very true. So I'm trying to think really. Anything else you can you can think we need uh, to hit on today? Uh, I don't think any moves since we talked on IndyCar. I think some guys are definitely looking. I think Grosjean's definitely oh, looking. Oh. Real fast, I got a tidbit. <laughs> Last night, so Jimmy Owens hops in somebody else's car and goes out <laughs> and pretty much spanks him. So, you know, that's why I had to wear my Owens stuff today. Fair enough. And, and real quick, uh, big news actually that we forgot to mention. We talked. Sometimes we talk about stuff before the show, and yeah. I get to thinking that we talked about it on the show. But IMSA, they finished out their season yesterday. Penske gets a win, and I know our buddy over there, Dwayne, probably shed a couple tears yesterday because he raised Alexander Rossi raised that championship trophy under a Penske name. There, <laughs> it just had to make him cringe. With uh. With um, Castro Neves and Ricky Taylor. Yep, absolutely. So, and, and here's what's cool: I I watched the majority of the twelve hours yesterday. So, Wayne Taylor, which both his sons race cars, and neither one of them race for his no, team. They race against them. <laughs> so, both his sons did not win championships yesterday. Ricky won. Ricky won DPI, and then uh, Jordan won. Uh, what is it? GTLM that the Corvette runs in. Right, yep. And GT3. and let's talk about that for a minute. Corvette, the new mid-engine Corvette, the C8R, first season. Oh, it's on fire. They got win the championship. On fire. They they built it. They knew what they were doing when they put that in, in line. I mean, you, you had to know. A Corvette, it, that car is synonymous in the racing series. It was falling off. They knew it. That, that yeah. large body just wasn't working anymore. It was a thing of the past. They had to get to something there. They found it, and, and good luck uh, to, to everybody else because I think that's going to be a dominant car here yeah. moving forward. Well, and, you know, uh, I think Porsche is stepping out as far as factory rides. And then um, going back to the, the DPI news, so 
you know, yesterday was Penske's last race in IMSA. And so Wayne Taylor Racing is getting one of the Acura rides. And Ricky Taylor is going to actually come back and race for his dad because originally Ricky and Jordan both ran for their dad. Now Ricky is coming back to that team. Because he's since got he's the Acura back. Experience in the Acura. Exactly. And so with Wayne Taylor stepping away from Cadillac. I mean, who's Cadillac's taking, done, right? Wrong! Here who's comes taking that and filling that position? Mr. Ganassi coming in with the checkbook and throwing out another run. And you know what? I, I, I don't know exactly who they're running for, but I guess there's a super team in the works for the 24-hour uh, road course. You see this? Chase Elliott, Jimmy Johnson, and uh, maybe a couple other guys obviously thrown into that mix. I don't know who else is rumored to be on that with them, but you throw the dinger on there, maybe Briscoe. Woo, baby, you might have some NASCAR boys go out there and win something. You could throw in Colton Hurd in that mix. I think they want to do like a NASCAR deal where they, like like I said, So I'm excited to see Jimmy alone in the 24-hour. I uh, I did not know that Brooks. Um, I didn't hear that either. <laughs> the uh, uh, what was I saying there? So you got uh, uh, Jimmy Johnson. I'm excited to see Chase in him. So I think that would be fantastic. Chase Elliott. I believe that would be a sports car debut for Elliott right there. Uh, Am I wrong? Didn't he run? I th I thought he's already been in a sports car. I could be wrong on that. So I, it, it would be interesting to see, though. I, I can't wait for it. I think it will be just completely fantastic. And, and I don't know if it's DPI that they're going to be running or if they're going to take over, like, uh, maybe that uh, Chevy team and who who ran over the uh, Chevy Corvette last year in uh, IMSA. Do you remember that 24-hour? Um. Well, you know, Garcia was it? Garcia and Jordan Taylor are in the three car, I believe. And then the four car, I don't remember who runs that. It was, Do you remember who made a one-person one appearance for the 24-hour last year in the Corvette? No, I don't. Kyle Busch. Oh, that's right. So do they run a Corvette there? Because all these guys, you look at them, pretty much backed by Chevy. Uh, Daniel, to answer that question, I don't think you'll ever see Dale Jr. back in the 24 hour. I don't think he'll ever get in a sports car ever again after what happened no, at one time. No, uh, in order, I don't think, think I don't think Jeff will ever get in a car again because uh, his back, especially Jordan. not an endurance race. <laughs> you imagine your back after, especially because that seat's not formed to you; it's formed to the average of your team. <laughs> Gord right. would hate that. <laughs> That would, yeah. that would be miserable on your back. <laughs> Poor old guy. I would so, like to see Gordon in like what uh Bill Elliott runs though. Um that vintage series. Yeah. I think that would be have you ever seen that? It's kind of like that uh uh they run the old stock cars. So like the 87s. Yeah, exactly. So uh I think that would be a a solid up, deal to see those guys into there. No, I didn't get to see the uh, the Bahrain race, Dwayne, but I was watching IMSA. So uh, let's go back to the IMSA race real quick. So, uh, you know, Townsend Bell runs the uh, Lexus. He can still wheel that thing, too. I, just... I don't. Is 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 that Meyer Shank that he runs the Lexus for? 
I'm not 100% sure. No, I don't remember the team that he runs in. There's two of those Lexus. They're both the bright yellow, and they're cool-looking cars. So I believe it was the number four vet comes through the turn, and he had an oil fitting loose. So he was dumping oil on the track. So the next two cars to come through are Townsend Bell and his teammate in both the Lexus. And what happened? Both of them spin and hit the wall. Oh, and, and, man. And, and Bell was leading in his class, I believe. And then there was a few more cars that hit the oil and spun, too. And then later on in the race, uh, I believe this was uh, nighttime, the number three Corvettes in the lead in GTLM, and he's going to him and an LMP2 car going, they're battling, which I don't know why they were battling. But anyways, <laughs> one of them let the other one go. But did they do that? No. And they get tangled up, and the three car in the lead spins Rex. He didn't tear the car up, but he fell back, and he didn't end up winning the race, but he, he, he did enough to win the championship. So that race yesterday was crazy. It was chaotic. <laughs> Absolutely there. That's uh, one I'll definitely have to go back and – Take a look on, take a watch some highlights from that one because Sebring that's a that's a definite bucket list for me. I I, I would think uh, after go. everything would clear out, I, th I think that would be a really cool event to uh, to go see and and have some fun with. And you know we both love the IMSA cars, so I I would love to go to Sebring and see the. I don't care any any IMSA race at Sebring. Right? Yeah, we both enjoy a party too, so it's a. Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, a good little combination there i think that's uh is that everything now today i believe so i mean we don't really have uh i think the only thing going on in karting right now is we got daytona coming up there might be some indoor dirt races going on uh and then and next month we have uh the go-kart swap meet over in ohio so if anybody's looking to go out and score some parts or some deals or something like that Go over to Ohio. It's not a. It's not a long trip. It's pretty. I think it's a maybe an hour, hour and a half from where we are. We should go out there for a, a little fun. Oh, we're definitely going. I know Dad's already going. Dad, Dad goes Your every dad's year. Dad's already waiting. So. He he has got that day circled on the calendar. Oh yeah. Oh, <laughs> you, yeah. Know, you ask around him. Hey, when's that uh, swap? Boom. You know, he is on it. He's good. Your dad, you say Cartney, he's on it, man. You're there. No, I don't think he misses a thing. Oh, I think he's more excited than I am about having a cart and getting back into I, it. I could see, I could believe that. Now, I did see real quick a, uh, it was a, one of the 206 sites that I'm on uh, or on Facebook, one of those groups. They were posting a uh, electric cart. Now, it's not that Lamborghini one that I've showed you before. This is a completely different one, and they're calling it the L two or LO two hundred six killer. He's, I, you said carding. Here he is. It's in February. My bad. Not <laughs> he said, "No, it's not. I got it circled. I'll tell you exactly when it is." But um, uh, they they're calling it the LO two hundred six killer here. So uh, I thought one of the kids were creeping up on me. That uh, um, pretty interesting there. I think uh, uh, maybe going into the future, you're going to see some of that. Because, I, I mean, Briggs and Stratton already announced that they are, um, in case and he was wrong. I was wrong. That's My, my dad had to correct Duke's me on that. Duke's got you. Duke's got you. <laughs> but, uh, no, this thing looks pretty killer there. So, I, I'm looking forward to seeing 
You know, it, it, we talked about it before. Again, you, you're going to get in the debate. Oh, I don't like electric. I don't like electric. I like gas, gas, gas. But if they if they're able to put the same power to the same weight, if they're able to get the same torque out of it, at the end of the day, to me, it's all the same. So uh, uh, I'm interested to see how they they progress with something like that. I mean, it could be interesting. It's just going to depend on how uh, how cost effective it's going to be. Uh, right, exactly. Yeah, I don't want to spend ten grand on a cart because it's electric. Right. right. <laughs> well, you don't have to pay for gas ever. Well, that's fine. It's two dollars and some a gallon. I'm all right with that. So, no, absolutely. <laughs> I think that is all we got for you here today, guys. Thank you so much for it's, tuning in here today. As always, you can. Remember, 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 remember. Slide, Sunday. I don't know where we're reaching at tonight. We know it's going to be 305s and 360s as usual, but I don't know um, what tracks we're running at. And then I think the pricks and pavement are over at Chicagoland. We're going to be having some fun over on CWTV. Lately, I've been getting in those 305s. We have some fun there before. I got to rush over to the, the, the last week I made the feature. In the three oh, five, was at Talladega tonight. You're right. Yeah, what I say, Chicago. Yeah, yeah. I get so confused. There's so many leagues I do. It's it, one place is at Chicago, the other is at Talladega, the other is Bristol. Makes it fun. Picks I feel like a rock star. I feel like I'm a rock star. I'm at Talladega. Welcome to Bristol, everybody. <laughs> Picks of the week for what, Daniel? There, there's no race in the day. Well, well there's the the F1 race. Yeah, we'll do the F1. Uh, checkers, I'll go. Starting from sixth, I think he's going to pull up. I think he's going to take the championship today. I'll say Lewis Hamilton. <laughs> <laughs> you got an idea? Any, any picks? <laughs> if not, I'll... I'll go with Lewis Hamilton. Okay. The, the wrecker... I think Giovinazzi, you know, he, he started good with this, the, a good qualifying. It was in the rain. I think he's going to fall back here today. I'm going to go with Giovinazzi as my wrecker. I'm, I'm going to go right there with you. <laughs> and then for a dark horse, I'm going to take Perez. Ooh. Hey, now, he starts third, but we'll see if he can hold on to it here. I'm oh, gonna... You know what? Scratch that. A dark horse, I'm going to go with Vettel. Oh, that's – I don't know about that. That's a tough one. He's he's not had a solid season all, I mean, all year. Or- yeah, that's going to be a tough one. I'm going to go with, you know, right behind Vettel, starting signs. I think, you know, starting 15th, I think he's going to pull it into fifth. We'll say fifth. Okay. So okay. We'll, we'll see how those guys turn out here today. <laughs> well, hopefully, hopefully we nail it right on the head. I don't know. I, we'll see. I, I, my picks haven't been so good this year, nope, so I hope nope. today I really get it. <laughs> we'll see. Guys, thanks so much for tuning in. As always, you can tune in to www.bwsports1.com. That, again, is what? All the hap-hap happenings over there. www.bwsports1, as the numeral, like Formula1.com. BWSports1.com. Check that out. And a big shout out to all of our fantastic sponsors and partners here. Sean Nugent, the rock star realtor over there at Talk to Tucker. We got John Wayne Buzzard over at First Financial Bank, a bruisey racewear, butt kicker gamer too, or Lex Acoustics. And as always, all those fantastic leagues and teams that we are teamed up with. And we got some guys in the gobbler here this week. Good luck to everybody out there. Howdy. Hit him. Peace. We're out. We're out. We're out.